0: Good evening, you're watching Stockwatch with me Zunate Goma, and joining me to unpack your stock-related questions tonight are Chris Reddy from All Weather Capital and Rowan Williams from Nitrogen Fund Managers. Do send those questions via SMS to 41392, email at stockwatch at bdtv.co.za or tweet us at businessdaytv using the hashtag Stockwatch. Thanks so much for your time, gentlemen. Before we dive into those questions, which most of them are about Renogen, uh, let's start off with the o- overall picture of the market, uh, starting with you, uh, Chris. Um, yeah, of course, a lot of macro moves have really been ruling market sentiment right now. But are we about to get um, the U.S. earnings season kind of taking over sentiment, uh, at least for the next month?
1: Yeah, that's probably a good way of summary, summing, summing it up. I mean, I think if you just look at over the weekend and past couple of days, <clears> there <throat> has been driven by a lot of geopolitical risk. So we are seen big moves come through in gold and oil shares. Uh, and then this morning, there was an, a Bloomberg article just talking about the U.S. ramping up on the restrictions on China being able to obtain uh, uh, further semiconductors. So I think that also impacted uh, China tech shares, which then led into uh, NASPAS and PROCESS and the rest of our markets. I um, mean, I think if you just look at the rest of the sectors, I think PGMs continue to have a good run off late. A lot of that's been driven by this rhodium uh, spot price. Mm-hmm. So rhodium got up to about $5,250 an ounce. Uh, remember, it did start the year at around 12000 so we're still well down on those levels. Uh, I mean, I think we touched about $30,000 uh, last year sometime, or just slightly before that. So PGM is still supporting most of our market, I and mean, the rest of it has been more or less uh, flat on the day.
0: Uh, All right. Well, um, the U.S. markets actually uh, up quite significantly today. Uh, Rowan, of course, we did have the big banks uh, topping analyst estimates on a Friday for the third quarter. But I mean, I don't know if we should take this as a tone setter or not, considering that, I mean, the interest rates that banks have benefited from are uh, eating into other companies' earnings.
2: Yeah, I think that's a fair point. I think uh, what uh, is the bank's gain may be uh, yeah, uh, pain elsewhere in terms of uh, higher rates and uh, obviously high yields on uh, the debt that they have on their balance sheet. So I think this uh, earnings season is going to be interesting to see how much those higher rates are starting to eat into corporate profitability. Uh, we know that uh, rates yeah, gone up uh, one of the quickest in sort of history and uh gearing has been fairly high there's been a lot of gearing for share buybacks and uh now uh debt is a lot more expensive than it used to so be so um I, the market's going to take a lot of interest i think also because are the high rates enough to actually dissuade the fed from raising hiking rates again because it seems we're in a market whereby that seems to be the big unknown is whether we will get one further rate hike or not and i think if uh, we see and uh, pressure there the markets can move up from here but uh, vice versa if we it looks like a high probability that we'll get a december rate hike i think markets can move down from here so <laughs> it's sort of a very tenuous position and i think that's why we're seeing this sort of up and down Market environment at the moment.
0: Ah, all right. Well, let's get into the questions. And as I mentioned, majority of them are Renogen. And this even start, uh, starts off with Friday evening. Of course, you don't have Stockwatch on Friday evenings, only in the afternoon, where questions came. Why? What happened to Renogen today? Was, why is the stock uh, down Um, And of course, we know that it is the opposite movement today uh, where the stock is up 25% after it released a SENS announcement, a clarification of uh, information. But I just want to start off, Chris, with, you know, these kinds of uh, wild swings in the share price. And I guess it's not even just over the past week, but I, I, I feel like that's just been the general movement of the Renegent stock. Is it primarily because... It's filled with retail investors.
1: Uh, I think I think the one point to note, to I I think a lot of it depends on uh, the company being able to source the funding for phase two of the Virginia plant. I mean, that's close to about a billion dollar CapEx program of which there is still a significant equity uh, check uh, required as part of the funding remember if you look at the if you look at the makeup of the billion dollar funding A large chunk of that is going to be coming from like development finance institutions There's a couple of banks involved in there as well, but there's still going to be an equity check of about a Close to about 150 million dollars. That's going to be required and part of that's going to be uh, funded via the US listing that was supposed to happen um, second half of this year maybe early q1 that obviously is subject to favorable market conditions in the U.S. to be able to raise that funding mm. to then uh, circle the financing for phase two. I mean, the, the company has been producing helium and LNG as part of phase one, but the majority of the value in Renogen is going to be coming from the successful, successful uh, execution of phase two. And, and unfortunately, I mean, these cash flows are quite far out in time. So you're looking at, what, 2027, 2028 type of timelines. And just given how far dated the cash flows are, you are likely to see quite a bit of movement in the underlying share price until we get uh, finalization around the funding packages and then successful execution around that, that development in phase two.
0: Yeah. I mean, uh, listen, uh, you, you're looking at those uh, fundamentals, but now we've had kind of like this, this conversation, this communication chaos that has been happening around the stock um, after Albi released uh, his concerns uh, point by point on Renogen, which uh, Renogen did come out to kind of clarify today. Um, Rowan, what have you made of that kind of chaos, how Renogen has responded, but also how investors have responded?
2: Yeah, so i think uh, chris pointed out it's a highly speculative situation uh the uh, ultimate uh, value is highly dependent on events in the future that may or may not uh, occur mm. and uh, so the, the value today is, is difficult to put your finger on so some of the volatility i think is uh, acceptable for the type of uh, investment situational opportunity that it is and it's very much dependent on what individual shareholders are doing from day to day yeah. uh, that being said i think um there were some issues that needed to be addressed. I think uh, what we have seen is uh, operational delivery at Eastern phase one has been somewhat disappointing, slower than initially anticipated. Uh, the output is, is quite slow. Uh, you would expect some more operational issues, but that highlights the risk of the overall project. Um, so I think the uh, response today was uh, was good from the company. They did sort of point by point address the issues. You know, unfortunately, a company sort of focusing on its share price um, is can be a distraction to the to the job at hand but uh, to some extent, the share price is important because it determines the ability to raise that equity that uh, that Chris was referring to so um put all together, I think uh, they did an okay job of of responding, but it still remains a, a very risky prospect, and uh, you know investors need to do their homework and be prepared. Uh, for 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 the bumpy ride that they are going to get with an investment opportunity like this.
0: Yeah. Well, there's a specific question. Um, I'm a single stock uh, investor holding shares with a buy-in price of around twenty six rand fifty per share, present value at ten rand seventy per share. With all the hype around Renogen at the moment, going forward, should I hold on to the shares or sell or run for the trees? Is this a falling knife piano? Um, of course, a lot of people just seeing. Just the the downward pressure that we have seen on the stock, some even you know putting in caution saying you know transaction capital and all these companies this is like the 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 movements that they saw as well um I'm wondering if we can actually take it there at this point Chris or uh, is, it, is it too early
1: I think it's gonna depends uh it's a difficult one to answer for the individual investors I mean he's obviously got to Quite a large tax loss mm. with his investment given the entry price there uh if you look at this year, i mean so we are not holding in the company but we are waiting for finalization as i mentioned around the funding packages because i think you need to get you do you do need to get secure uh, comfort around just the sources of financing and then good project execution when it comes to large scale projects like this i mean i think if you look at the history of south african companies uh, i mean i'm not saying this is a with like a sassel would like charles but i mean when you're taking on significant capex projects like this i mean i think i think sometimes the cautious approach is just maybe to wait for the mm. projects to be to be completed and then you actually start seeing the cash flows and then de-risk your your investment in, in the company mm. you know I, I just it comes onto your risk return type of profile whether you believe that the financing will come in place they can raise the equity and then complete that in the stipulated timelines but it is long dated uh, cash flows you know
0: yeah um growing just lastly on Renogen, uh, on your side hold on to the shares sell or run for the trees is it a falling knife
2: yeah i mean it's, a, it's been a, it's been a tough one i think that entry price is very high i think uh, it's hard to get a return on, on that entry price but uh, for the price today uh sort of a better probability of it going up from here i think we'll probably see a relief rally there are quite a few supporters of the share uh maybe uh some of the sort of selling was knee-jerk and as you say it sort of uh gained the momentum of its own um i think there will be some sort of relief rally, but that uh, may present the opportunity uh to 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 realize some some of the investment and and, and look elsewhere for something maybe a slightly safer bet
0: ah uh, all right well um construction industry uh, not an industry that is uh, seen uh, as a safe bet, but uh, Robex uh, continuing to come out as kind of the, the the star of the show there there is a question on Robex uh, as an investment uh, should our country experience more infrastructure growth chris
1: i think I think similar to the update that we saw from Wilson Bailey, uh, I mean there was some very good uh, growth in the in the tenders that have come out over the period um Robix had a had a good bait bridge project as well in some between the border of zimbabwe and and south africa which is quite lucrative for them uh and then they've also got an infrastructure leg as well with regards to building the groundwork for a lot of the renewables uh projects as were well planned so if we can execute on these on these various ipp programs um there's further upside in robux i mean you've got a strong balance sheet they don't do the complicated like uh, EPC type of contracts that we saw Murray's and Avenge, get into trouble in in Africa and in Australia. So just keeping to to simple road construction, high margin business, and I think it is one to hold longer term if we can get uh, infrastructure spend back in SA. From a central perspective as well, I mean a lot of that is like the concessions work that we're seeing on the N2, N3, and if if anybody's been on the highways recently traveling in in, in the country, you'll see quite a bit of work happening from a roads construction point of view. So At least you know that you're going to get paid for that type of work that you're doing. So that's also secure work for for Um,
0: Yeah, Rowan, uh, what do you make of Aurebex as an investment? Should our country experience more infrastructure growth?
2: Yeah, I think it's certainly well positioned. And uh, as Chris was pointing out, it's a quality play in the sector. I think we have seen some of the other companies being incredibly disappointing, but uh, their business models are way more complex uh, than than Railworks. And actually, it's been a steady performer and has been delivering great market position in the right sectors. So, yeah, I really second what uh, what Chris said. I think if you're looking to play uh, the infrastructure theme, um we certainly know we need the investment whether we get it is a different story mm. Um so it is i think it's it is a good safe place to be
0: yeah all right well uh there's a very interesting question here i'm uh, looking at uh, taking up a speculative position as a small percentage of my portfolio i've since narrowed it down to the below shares any input would be greatly appreciated Um, So, with Tungela, the viewer has got no exposure, Vodacom, only ETF exposure, and Mondi, only ETF exposure. And the JSC, the actual company, no exposure currently, and Fortress, also no exposure. So, just looking at those counters for a speculative position, a small percentage of the portfolio, Tungela, Vodacom, Mondi, JSC, the company, Fortress. Which of those would be enticing uh, to you, Chris, on a speculative um, viewpoint?
1: Let me go through a few of them. Um, I think if you started with the JSC, if you look at the history of the company, it has been a stable dividend payer, around about a 7 to 8% dividend yield. If you comp the, the JSC versus the international peers, it's, it's ridiculously cheap versus all other developed uh, peers. The challenge obviously though with the jsc is that it is linked to volumes on the jsc and we have seen volumes been steadily declining uh, if you look at volumes in the equity market as well as the bond market as a mitigant to this the company has been slowly has been diversifying away from just uh commissions on trading to actually have other revenue streams they're charging for uh and services which is now if you look at the LSE, close to 70 percent of the LSE's revenue is a uh, non-commission based so the JC is slowly moving to that more type of annuity income opposed to being reliant on commissions uh, very strong balance sheet so that would would be probably one to look at in the long term it's not the most liquid of shares but i think as a retail investors it could be one to hold for the long term On the others i mean Tugela has uh, has uh, benefited from the rising uh, oil prices natural gas prices i think from a political risk point of view it also plays into that uh, that energy theme um they have gone offshore into Australia, which is, which is potentially disappointed some because I think there was, there was talk of maybe a higher buyback and or dividend payout. Uh, according to management, this is uh, a creative acquisitions. So as long as they can get the coal out of South Africa via the transnet pipeline, it could be one to hold long term. Again, Tungela is quite volatile. If you look at just how the share price moves around linked to, linked to coal prices as well as uh, export volumes. But in the past, it has been a good dividend payer, you know. So as long as these these coal prices can hold, natural gas prices can hold because it's also a substitute for coal uh, in Europe, uh, that can be quite good for Tungela. On Fortress, Fortress. I mean, there is a cautionary, uh, not cautionary now, but there is mm-hmm. a, a, a a a transaction out where they're looking to collapse the A and B share structure, whereby. Uh, ffb shareholders will be getting nappy rock shareholders as a um as a, as a swap so that's going to be simplifying the process they're trying to get back into a reit and over time then start paying back a start paying back a, a dividend uh i think if you've got a, a a positive view on regards to logistics and also retail assets uh, they do have some very good sites in johannesburg and uh and case so that could be one to hold up I in mean, but it's obviously important to to look at what value you're getting in fortress Relative to their peers, such as uh, such as Equitas in the SA market, or even like resilience on the on the retail side, mm. so that's just something to note. on fortress
0: I'm quite interested, uh, Rowan, because uh, in the ones that uh, Chris has mentioned, the viewer says they've got no exposure. I'm interested in the one in the ones in which the viewer does have ETF exposure, Verticom and Mondi, if maybe. It would be preferable to do a switch to an actual holding of the actual company, or just stick to ETF exposure. vodacom and Mondi.
2: Yeah, so it would seem that those are two large cap stocks, so they may be in top forty exposure, uh, Satrix uh, yes. top exposure. Um, So then you've obviously got a diversified portfolio, you're really backing uh, the the market, so -hmm. so to speak, where you'd be switching into more direct uh, investment in a particular stock and then all the dynamics of that stock. I mean, when they say speculative, do they mean that they just want to take a a position uh, as opposed to a diversified uh, equity Mm -hmm. portfolio? um, Or is it short term? So there obviously would be different objectives there. But if they're saying... They just want more direct exposure in a particular stock. I think in terms of Mondi versus um, uh, Vodacom, probably Mondi is a better bet. Uh, Vodacom, I think, uh, uh, is a very mature business, uh, is is a, a, a quality company, well run. But the dynamics of, of the uh, mobile market space have become very competitive, somewhat ex-growth. They're having to expand into to other markets, into Africa, uh, the acquisition in, in Egypt. Uh, So, quite a lot of complexity there around currency and inflation. Whereas Mondi, they recently sold their their Russian business. Uh, So, they have completely exited Russia. They are going to get a special dividend, which uh, will go to shareholders. So, you're going to get some short-term payback. It's a quality business, well-run, somewhat exposed to global growth. And that is taking a bit of a pause, but that's reflected in the valuation. So, not a bad entry point. So I would think that is a quality counter to get direct exposure to as opposed to yeah, just uh, Mm. broad ETF exposure.
0: Ah, All right. I hear you on that. There's a question on uh, Sun International. Can you ask your panel if Sun International is a good buy now before it goes up at at year end? (laughs) Can we expect it to go up at year end because of the festive season, Chris? (laughs)
1: But the share has been she has been a good performer and i mean you see the various tourism stats that are coming out very strong uh occupancy rates coming from sun international uh city lodge as well so i think it is quite well positioned uh in the medium term to actually grow the business grow the business well i mean if anybody's tried to book accommodation in in the vacation club or the cabanas or even the sun city hotel mm-hmm. you'll see that the uh, uh it's quite hard to get in there uh, i mean I think in tough times as well people do take this to, like, like to gamble to try and get an additional boost if you want to call it but i mean uh, i think the company is quite uh, positioned quite well in terms of just um occupancy rates going forward as well yeah. so one that we like i mean it is the sector that we uh we, we like it all with as well so um quite positive the story from our side
0: ah, all right i mean the stock has had a run and i'm wondering if some uh won't be selling their stock to fund their December vacations. Uh, <laughs> Rowan, on your side, Sun International, yeah, would you be buying right now at this point?
2: Yeah, as uh, pointed out, has had a strong run, but uh, they had to restructure to a, a rights issue uh, post-COVID. But I think the business is on the right track and actually trading well. Um, we're also quite positive on the South African tourism story. I think what we're seeing is a rise of geopolitical risk Uh, that South Africa becomes a relatively more attractive uh, destination. The Rand is also very weak. Uh, So um, it's one of the best value destinations from an international tourism perspective in the world. And uh, what you're seeing is uh, the car rental companies also indicating that they've got very strong forward bookings uh during the sort of holiday season which is indicative of um strong interest so i think they're going to continue to trade well and yes maybe before uh, they go up in december it's a good time to <laughs> to get in on the on the stock
0: yeah uh-huh, all right before we get to your stock picks Jens, uh just uh, results that actually came out of the jsc today cargro m3 I mean, it, to me, when I was reading the results, it seemed like uh, pretty good results uh, double-digit growth in revenue, also their earnings up within the target that they had uh, provided earlier on. Um, but then the share price just kept on plummeting. Uh, the last I think it ended off uh, down more than seven percent. Uh, Chris, is this one that you look at and yeah, do the results match the, the investor reaction?
1: I think sometimes the challenge with, with, with the shares is that they have done so, uh, really well year-to-date, and it could just be an element of investors taking some profits off the table given the year-to-date performance. I mean, if you just look at the revenue growth across the two divisions on the, on the development as well as the Mem- Memorial Park's side of Calgro, uh, strong performances across both, good earnings growth as well. And I mean, they, they are doing a buyback program, looking at dividends as well. So it speaks to all... Uh, positive attributes of the result. But it could just be a function of investors taking some chips off the table, given how strong it's rallied uh, Uh, year to date. uh,
0: All right. Yeah, um, uh, Ron, what do you make of Calgro M3 uh, exposed to the lower-income groups but seeming that they are doing quite well, spending a lot of money on advertising which is paying off in this kind of environment? What do you make of Calgro?
2: Yeah, so uh, they have delivered pretty well uh operationally and uh sort of uh, improved sales so that that has been positive i think obviously we're seeing a rising rate environment it may make affordability more difficult so going forward it may not be as easy to make sales some of the gearing if they do have any i think that cash positive so that's actually a positive part rates mm-hmm. ironically enough but um yeah i think that what are you one of the the challenges we're seeing is these smaller businesses also just the the market caps the liquidity of the, the J.C. is drained a bit, so where you do get a seller looking to sell, um, it can drive the, the price down. So no fault of the, the company or the strong results, just the share price dynamics uh, mm-hmm. on the day, and that yeah is something of a challenge uh, on the J.C. more broadly, and uh, yeah, can make a challenge investing in these sort of smaller mid-cap
1: stocks.
0: Yeah, all right. Well, let us get to your stock picks for today, uh Chris. What are you hanging your hat on today?
1: My stock pick is Life Healthcare. Uh, the company recently came out with an announcement around the sale of their AMG operations uh, in the UK. They're going to be getting close to about nine hundred and ten million pounds uh, for the sale. Uh, part of the proceeds of that will be used to give you a special dividend of close to about five hundred eighty which is quite lucrative when you when you consider the share price is close to about nineteen fifty, so about 30 percent in the dividend. Uh, the sale will also allow them to de-gear the balance sheet. It will drop from about two times gearing to about one, one times net to EBITDA, and it gives them flexibility to fund uh, further growth in SA as well as uh, the offshore acquisitions. Uh, if you compete against Netcare, it's still cheap on an SA operations point of view, and you've still got optionality in terms of further shareholder returns, either via uh, for the dividends, special dividends, as well as a buyback program. So I think it's, it's quite a nice, uh, what we call asymmetric return, where you've got a semi-floor in the in the valuation and nice upside uh, should they be able to execute on the other growth initiatives.
0: All right, Rowan, where are you seeing opportunity today?
2: We are going with African Rainbow Minerals, so a diversified mining group. I think uh, perception is that they're heavily focused in the PGM space. <clears throat> Where they do have a number of uh, large projects in the pipeline but those are going to take uh, some time to come to fruition but uh, have a lot of iron ore they have coal in their portfolio uh some nickel uh so it's actually more broadly diversified it's screening fairly cheap on a net asset value basis and uh, against its peers and uh, yeah there's been a tough space to be uh year to date but um, a lot of the, the bad news is in the price and i think it is a Low base and uh, for the medium term, can can certainly deliver from here.
0: All right, well, thank you so much for your time, gents, and for your analysis today. That's all for Stockwatch this evening. Thanks to our guests, Chris Reddy from All Weather Capital and Rowan Williams from Nitrogen Fund Managers. <laughs>